hey, here's the deal. You ready to hear three jokers talk about an ace thief who steals something from a guy for being a bit of a dick? Also, if this is your first time at this club, then it's not too hard to hit shuffle on that playlist and hear more of Cyburns and Cigarettes. I'm Chris, and L3's got my back. I'm caught like balls in a zipper, and my name's Jay. I'm Drew, and I'm a can of Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I've got to do the welcome to Cyburns and Cigarettes part. <laughs> oh, oh, welcome to Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start here tonight, folks. <laughs> this stays in. <laughs> this, this stays, oh, this totally. Is, this is three episodes in a row. There's a running theme going on here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a, a loop on the third podcast. It's a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. Uh, we're covering all the animated and live-action entries in the uh, Lupin franchise. In a more or less chronological order. And so uh, we are now eight episodes into part one. And um, uh, this is a good one, folks. This is a real good one. Full disclosure, this is my favorite episode of this particular series. (laughs) It's a very good one. On today's show, we'll be covering episode eight of part one. The gang's all here playing card strategy. Um, uh, as we'll mention later in the show, um, this episode had no credited director. It's, it's generally considered this was a uh, Masaki Osumi episode with a number of of, uh, of little touches and changes from uh, Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takahata, and it's fairly noticeable in this episode. It's written by Kiyoshi Miyata. He wrote some episodes of Ashita no Joe, the TV and movie adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's Triton of the Sea, and an episode of The Ultraman. Uh, We discussed a previous part one episode of his, um, uh, episode three, Farewell, My Beloved Witch. Uh, He also wrote three more episodes in this series, which we will eventually get to. The only other work he did in the Lupin franchise was, uh, well, 14 episodes of part two, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, some of those. Uh, Storyboarding in this episode was by Seiji Okuda, who uh, has uh, prolific credits in both storyboarding and directing. And as far as his directing goes, he was the series director on Dan Kuga. He directed some episodes of Sherlock Hound, Govarion, Moomin, Star of the Giants, Geta Robo, Dororo, Ashtino Joe, Glass Mask, Dr. Slump, Future Boy Conan. Um, he also did some storyboarding for the uh, adaptation of uh, Monkey Punch's Cinderella Boy. And his credits in part one are uh, this episode, episode eight, and the next episode we'll be, we'll be covering, uh, Hitman Sings the Blues. And um, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. Uh, 
<laughs> Kyoshi Miyata wrote 14 episodes of part two and uh, Seiji, Seiji Okuda storyboarded 14 episodes of part two. Not, not, in a, not the same episodes, but it's just interesting. It's the same number. Now, the synopsis for this episode, according to Wikipedia, is Napoleon once owned a deck of fortune-telling cards that are now in the hands of a millionaire known as Mr. Gold. Lupin plans to steal them during Mr. Gold's birthday party, and Zenigata plans to stop him. Lupin succeeds in stealing the mysterious cards. Well, that's fairly straightforward, but without further ado, let's talk about it. episode made me so happy that I have watched it three times, mostly because we had to reschedule the episode three times, but still, I would have watched it three times anyway. And <laughs> unlike part six, uh, unlike episode six, this passes the three viewing tests. This episode got better with each viewing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like from from, from, from from the opening bit alone, like, like th- this, th- the, the opening of Mr. Gold being a little asshole sitting there, counting all his coins, being like, oh, I love the sound it makes. And Lupin giving him a phone call and warning him, I'm coming to take all your stuff. Look at your bills. <laughs> to which nice guy Lupin starts playing. And Mr. Gold notices that all of his bills have been... Uh, uh, Lupin's put uh, his own little custom bands on all of his bills, and it's, it's good. You know, I really like the implication that Lupin actually stole all the cash. Mm-hmm put his name on the bands, and then returned it. Yep. <laughs> because he didn't say he was going to steal the cash. Just the cards. Yep. Honestly, that's the kind of thing his grandfather would have done. It's the kind of thing he would have done. And did. <laughs> it's got that... Um, uh, in the liner notes of the DVD, it mentions that, you know, that this is another it's another Miyazaki-Osumi collaboration. And this, this opening bit, and kind of the whole story itself, at least the first part of it, feels more or less kind of Miyazaki-ish because Miyazaki really, really had a penchant for the uh, the warning call signs and all the Lupin being super mm-hmm. extra about. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, I always got the impression that Miyazaki was a big Maurice LeBlanc fanboy. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, maybe it's just because I recently finished DuckTales, but Mr. Gold's kind of got the beginning of Scrooge McDuck's money bin going on here. Oh, you're right. He does. With the piles of gold coin and cash. <laughs> I also like the Lupin's most likely sarcastic, sorry about that, on the phone call. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he is rubbing it in, in this opening. I, I love the bit where Mr. Gold laughs at his proposition, but then Lupin's laugh <laughs> overtakes him. <laughs> His laugh was probably the peak, like, laugh for Lupin, too. And it changes. Every, like, couple seconds, it changes the type of laugh he has. It does. I mean, it's it's got to be up there with the evil laughing competition. Yeah. Episode three. Oh, my God, you're right. That was one of my favorites. This, I, I, I could be wrong, but, like, this opening is kind of, like, at least as far as the animated stuff goes, this is, like, the first very, like, classic Lupin opening where you're like, he, he oh, alerts yeah. his presence, 
to his yeah. target. His target decides to hold this thing anyway. Zenigata shows up and tells him it's a bad idea. Lupin pulls it off anyway. Like this, this is the gold standard Lupin right here. No pun intended. It is. Also, Come on, you coward. Intend your puns. Intended. <laughs> All right, pun intended. That's more like it. <laughs> I think that's what I appreciate about this episode because it feels more like a part two episode than it does part one. It does. You're right. You know, like I feel like, you know, this formula has now become, you know, set. I don't want to say it's set in stone, but established. Yeah. And I feel like even the title kind of, uh, you know, feels the same way. The gang's all here playing card operation. Yeah, because, you know, Goemon is now part of the team. All mm-hmm. five main characters are in this episode, and they all do something. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. That's a good point. This is, this is uh, like I mentioned, the first episode where literally it's every character, including Zenigata. And I really yes. appreciated the fact that no character is wasted in this, which becomes... A little bit of an issue moving forward, especially in some TV specials and movies and stuff. But like, this is the prime example of how to have every single character of this, like every main character of the franchise involved and have something important and mostly humorous to do. Right. I think, I think that's why I love this episode so much because it's legitimately funny. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, it, you know, this is like gotta be one of the top three funniest episodes of part one. I feel like the final episode's uh, it's up there too, but oh, it's great. I, I agree, one hundred percent. One thing in particular, being uh, um, when Zinigata shows up, uh, <laughs> he warns Mister Gold about Lupin being there. Mister Gold kind of like you know brushes him aside, starts addressing the crowd, showing him like this is what Lupin's gonna steal. Zinigata just slides into frame. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an expert safe cracker. I'm just warning you, he's a master of disguise. <laughs> and then Mr. Gold interrupts and he's like, it's perfectly fine. And then Zinigata slides right back into frame. To be like, I'm telling you, he's an expert safe cracker. <laughs> he's an and expert like, safe cracker. You know, like it's it's so great whenever you have a moment like that that's clearly done to save time on animation. Mm-hmm. But it's also very self-aware as well. They're like, we know this is cheap, so we're going to make a joke out of it. <laughs> you know, there, there's an episode of part three that's sort of like that too, where, again, with Zenigata, how he goes like running out of a, I think, uh, out of a house and then runs next door. And he ends up doing it three times. They reuse the same animation each time. <laughs> and it, And despite not changing the animation, it becomes funnier each time because you feel like he, it's more and more ineffectual right? to keep running next door. And I feel like it's something similar with this. Oh yeah. It's especially the, uh, the timing of it too, how it's like barely even like a mm-hmm. few seconds later. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like they literally just slid the cell onto the frame. Yep. I don't want to jump too far ahead of the show, but it reminds me of the bit in the, uh, the Kioske Mamo episode. When Goemon slides into frame to deliver a little like, <laughs> position in, in the bookies reading. I remember that. And it's probably the highlight uh, of that episode also, uh, for me. When it's showing those shots of the uh, police gathered on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else feel like the investigator standing in front of the lights looks like a Canadian Mountie? <laughs> or is it just me? 
I didn't think that when I saw it, but now that you've said it, I can't unthink it because I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I highly doubt it's supposed to be, but that's what it looks like. I know. Right now, it's canon as far as Cyborgs and Cigarettes is concerned. <laughs> this shit's serious. We're getting a Mountie. <laughs> Is there no end to Mr. Gold's influence? <laughs> uh, apparently not. There was also, uh, um, spe- speaking of that shot of all the cops lined up, that kind of felt like an Osumi thing, um, which I really liked, which was the, uh, e- you see each shot of the uh, investigators, you know, the guards standing around, uh, and it was uh, in sync with each of the uh, the bells tolling, which is a nice touch. Yes. Nice kind of sets the atmosphere for it. And also there's um, uh, the one shot where like you see the guys on the roof and it kind of pans downward. There's like three dudes who look exceptionally monkey punches for some reason. It's specifically like just the way their faces are drawn. Mm-hmm. They look pretty cool. In my uh, notes here about the party guests, I have written, check out the rack on this chick with the glasses. <laughs> Which, despite being a very me thing to say, is going to be important very soon. <laughs> Oh yes, very soon. I I love everything about how the uh, Blue Pond's kind of operation plays out, including the the, uh, the, the little detail of uh, when Zenigata shows up, Mister Gold showing the time because you know Lupin's going to show up at midnight. Zenigata looks at the uh, the big Ben-ish clock that's in Japan? Question mark. Uh, I guess it'd just be a clock tower. I guess so. It's, it's something like that. That I think one thing that that I really appreciate about this episode is that it's really funny. It's it like has a great comedic bits, but also just functions well as there's great moments of like, of just attention to detail and tension specifically like Zenigata looking up at the clock tower, noticing that it's five minutes ahead of his watch and him just kind of offhandedly be like, Oh, huh, I guess mine's off and adjust it, which is very important for what's yes. about to happen. And I love that little de- I didn't really catch it. Until like the second time I watched it, and I was like, "Oh yeah," because Lupin said, "Yeah, this episode's See, smart." And it just points out the fact that Zenigata is actually smarter than people give him credit for. Oh yeah, oh totally. This this episode has my kind of Zenigata. Yes, well, me see, too. Something I thought was interesting watching it last time is the friction between Zenigata and Mister Gold. Yes. And oh like, yeah. It's like you can tell that Miyazaki's involved in this. Yes, because because we'll see we'll see that again in uh, Castle Cagliostro with Zenigata and pretty much everybody that's not Lupin. <laughs> Zenigata can't just catch a break. No, especially Miyazaki's writing them. <laughs> and like, you know, I love how you know, like you have you know Miyazaki giving you know Pops a bit more dignity with this, and then immediately afterwards he dives into a cake. <laughs> Without a second thought, <laughs> just <laughs> I, I, put, I had that down my notes too. Where like the, the, he could the, be like, hiding, ex- exactly because that's the thing. Because then he got and knew where that voice was coming from, and he was going for right. it. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just love the lack of any hesitation. <laughs> just it's not. It's not. You know, it's not like. Wait a minute. Could it? It's like nope. Gotta go. Nope, this is it. We're going in, boys. Right? I'm going in. 
<laughs> Sounds like a plan, man. <laughs> it almost seems like this is something that's happened before. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it probably has. You know, this, this, just, this just tells me that Zenigata really likes cake. I mean, same. All right, fair. <laughs> Um, that could be a euphemism. A, oh, jeez. I'm having Super Mario 64 flashback on <laughs> it again. <laughs> but uh, is this the first time the anime uses Napoleon as part of the exposition? I think uh, yes. so. Because I know he tends to come up a lot. He does. I mean, for some reason, Lupin and Napoleon kind of have... A thing for each other. Uh, you're right because he shows up specifically, and I'm. Uh, he shows up in this. He's mentioned in uh, Cagliostro. He's yeah. in Mamo. Napoleon's Dictionary. Napoleon's yeah. Dictionary, and there's one more. It's one of the TV specials. It might be. Um, uh, is it? Um, from Siberia with Love that he's mentioned during the little exposition scene. It might be. It's been a hot minute. Potentially. So, the shot of gold undoing the safe. Did anybody else notice anything weird about his eye? Yes. His big ass eye? Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> See, like, I always assumed he was wearing, like, a jewelry loop. That's I what I after, thought. But after thinking about it, it doesn't make sense for him to be wearing one at that moment. <laughs> so, he just has some... You know, he just has some really, really dilated pupils. <laughs> he was very concerned. <laughs> I don't know why that me. killed me. <laughs> it, did, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm, okay, okay, look, just because I'm carrying around a jewelry loop in my pocket at any given moment, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody does, right? No, 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 no. I didn't know you uh, fancied yourself a jeweler. Hey, you never know. You always got to be ready. <laughs> I've also, got, also, I mean, I tend to keep an arc welder in my back pocket. You know, we got to be prepared. That, that one, do. I suppose. As you do. <laughs> you never know when you might need to examine some jewelry or weld something. Or <laughs> Why is this killing me? Oh, <laughs> oh that'd be this terrible. Is, this is like underwater basket weaving all over again. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta do some jewelry welding. <laughs> so that's how they cut. That's how they cut diamond. <laughs> I can't breathe. All right, let's take a moment of silence for you know, in memory of Jay. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> You're welcome. Holy All right, shit. so uh, I don't even in my notes know. here, in my notes here, I mentioned, of course, the busty babe in glasses is actually Lupin. <laughs> yeah, of it's, course, it's true. Oh my god, it's I happening can't now, I'm and crying. it'll happen. It'll happen again in part two. Oh, we love, we love Lupin cross dressing. 
It's the best. Indeed. Oh, we know Mr. Uh, Miss Marie fanboy over there. Yes, I fucking love <laughs> Miss Marie. And once we get to that episode, I will have so much to say. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh. I look forward to it. <laughs> I, In I about really... 10 years, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I I really want the vacuum that Lupin uses to get those cards because that thing is precise oh, as yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah. You, did you see that little opening where the cards just went... Like shoom, 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 into it. <laughs> Perfect angle, and none of them got stuck. I want that vacuum. That vacuum sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta say though, like, you know, when Lupin take, removes his disguise and makes his escape, I feel like they forgot to draw something. Because otherwise he just jumps like 25 feet into the air. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Well, hold on. Let's let's point out the fact that not only did he oh, do that, go. but he suddenly acquired super strength. And he just punches through the, <laughs> the freaking glass and then hoists himself up with one arm. <laughs> this man suddenly became Superman. <laughs> man, so much part two foreshadowing into today's episode. Oh, I, I know. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what this means? You can tag the episode with Superman. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> I love fooling people. <laughs> like, so, okay, so aside from Lupin taking flight, when the uh, when the undercover cops start firing, there's no recoil to their guns at all. There's literally not even any bullets. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're just shooting blanks. <laughs> I feel like the animation gets a little off for this little bit. Oh, but that's, it's great. But that's okay because we we have the inflatable grandpa coming up. Ah, uh, the cantaloupe. Yes. Cantaloupe. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like inflatable grandpa myself, but both of <laughs> And especially Lupin's cute little wave to him. I just it's so adorable. Away. Oh, I love the, the homage to Gramps. And I feel like that's just such a Lupin the Third thing to do, though. It's like, oh yes, he could have made an inflatable version of himself, but no, he went with his grandfather, with his probably deceased grandfather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and even if he's not, he doesn't look that that young. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, it's such a great, you know, silly little moment. I love it. Oh, I, do. I love it's it so good much. Stuff. Um, the one. Before he lets loose his inflatable, his inflatable grandpa, though, I love just the bit of Lupin jumping up, punching the window, explaining the plan. And instead, I love that Zinagata's response to Lupin explaining, like, you know, I set the clock five minutes. It's exactly midnight. And Zinagata just goes, what? Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got time for this shit. <laughs> He's just like... You know, this is pre uh, don't shoot at Lupin uh, Zenigata here. Right. <laughs> you know, he he didn't care if he hit him this time, but you know, yeah, so I you know I set that uh, clock tower five minutes ahead. I don't care. Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Lupin's beautiful victory laugh, we get enough, we get two in this episode, and it's great. Kind of almost reminds me of the pilot film, which is gonna. Also factor into this episode at some point. I was about to say. Yep. 
So, so who's going to bring up uh, the Joker? <laughs> the Joker. Okay. I gotta say, I really like Fujiko's whole flashback here. Mm-hmm. But my favorite bit is her face when she sees the Joker speaking to her. It's like, oh, oh. when I first saw that, you know, the only thing I can think of to describe her expression is WTF. Yep. <laughs> yep. Essentially. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen Fujiko look that puzzled before. It's <laughs> it's adorable and it's hilarious. It is. It, it's the exact reaction I would have to seeing that just... Uh. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> One of my favorite things, though, one of my favorite things, and I can't remember if it comes before or after this flashback, but I love that uh, 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 Fujiko is explaining the cards and how they switch hands, you know, on their own. And I love Lupin. I love Lupin going, are you saying the cards used me? And she just goes without missing a beat. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but that scene got me when I first watched it. She's just like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course duh. <laughs> <laughs> they never wanted you to begin with, Lupin. They wanted me. <laughs> okay, who doesn't? Anyway. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> I, I do like how Lupin uh, mentions why he dislikes Mr. Gold, because he yes. pretends to be a gentleman. Oh, yeah. And I love uh, you know, Lupin's I'm, comment to that. And, yeah, and like, I'm, I'm realizing there's a whole lot of you know, allusions to Grandpa Arsene Lupin here. Oh, yes. That I don't think I've really caught on to before, but I don't know. I just thought it was neat. No, it's, it is really because he, he's the real gentleman thief. And I love right. Lupin saying he's allergic to greedy bastards. Yes. I wrote that line <laughs> down in my notes. Same. Lupin III is many things, including a hypocrite. <laughs> True. But we, but, but we love him for it. He's a lovable hypocrite. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, I feel like one of the best slapstick bits of the entire episode is oh coming God. up here when the uh, little girl knocks on the door. Yes, and I literally wrote this down in my notes, and I said, "Objectively, the best scene in the entire episode." <laughs> yes, and like, also, it's such a beautiful bit of monkey punch style slapstick. Yes, it's like I could totally see this exact same exchange happening in the manga. <laughs> There's two of those kind of scenes for me in this episode. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I do think like, uh, let's see, when we get to the uh, second half of the episode, that one's yes. actually mostly based entirely on a manga chapter. So Ooh. that makes sense. That, 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 yeah, that tracks. But, but this but this little bit, though, is original to the anime version. But it, but yeah, I mean, if I, if I didn't know better, I'd, I'd say it did come from the manga, even though it didn't. I honestly, I I, I honestly so kind of thought it was, um, but I'm kind of surprised yeah. it isn't. Especially that you know, shot of Jigen standing there post explosion. <laughs> I feel, you know, I feel like you could just like, you know, do that grayscale Photoshop it into a page in the manga. Nobody be the wiser. Oh no. I, specifically oh, so love him. Uh, I love Kyoshi Kobayashi's performance in that moment because like he gets the flowers. He's like, this must be for you. And they're, <laughs> Lupin's like, they're not for me. And you just see Jigen kind of smiling like, Oh, are these for me. And then, <laughs> when, when Lupin goes like that could be Mr. Gold's Jigen there's like two frames in animation of Jigen screaming you just hear Kyoshi come out and go <laughs> God, I love this episode me too 
I also love the detail of we clearly see Jigen holding the bouquet. It blows up. It's completely obliterated, like his, his jacket, his hat, and everything. But he's in the hospital, and his legs are bandaged up entirely. Yeah, why yeah. are his legs in traction? <laughs> Due to the explosion striking the upper half of his body. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, I think there are a few, like, weird moments like that in the episode, but considering how damn good the rest of it is, it doesn't bother me too much. Oh, no. I honestly just thought it was more funny than anything. <laughs> right, yeah, totally. Same. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he got blown up and fell down the stairs or something. I don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> two episodes in a row though where characters have been horribly injured and then have been had to sit in bandages for a while. I'm, I'm sensing a, some some patterns. Yeah, that's great. I have in my notes here that uh, you know, in the hospital, we have going on being badass and just straight up killing that fake nurse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then that other nurse with the doctor, he just, he disembowels them. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Th- that scene in particular, um, um, I really, that feels like uh, an Osumi thing because I love the tension that's set oh, yeah. up. Yeah. By the, the only thing you hear in the sound design is like the wheel squeaking on the gurney and the footsteps, and it cuts back and forth to the gang just kind of staring forward. Jigen's really nervous. It's, it's, it's genuinely good tension. It's almost like a uh, like a Mexican standoff in a spaghetti western. Honestly, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have Jigen's sigh of relief, and then the <laughs> nurse attacks. <laughs> like, oh yes, we made it past, and then nope. <laughs> Going on just racking up a body count. I feel like you could take those clips and just take them out of context and put it in one of those Lupin out of context <laughs> compilations. Just a nurse walking in, like, here's your plate. (laughs) Going on just lunge forward. (laughs) I also love him. It happens again later in the episode, but when when the nurse comes in, you get a shot of going on, like, raising his eyebrow, knowing something's off. But I'm not. I'm not sure if this is like intentional, but it's just like his eyebrow just raises very quickly, and it looks less like him being suspicious and more him more just like having like a little twitch. It's like his spider sense is tingling. <laughs> when Goemon senses, when Goemon senses danger, the eyebrow, <laughs> the eyebrow, <laughs> the eyebrow twitches. When there's something in Goemon's debut episode, when there's something like that with Fujiko, when she uh, sees a, uh, you know, the uh, promoter from a, uh, or the uh, talent scout from Hero Promotions. Oh yeah. You know, it's like her right. her face changes very very briefly, showing to the oh, audience yeah. that. She knows who this guy really is. So, you know, that might be an Osumi bit as well. Might be. I feel like this whole sequence here feels very Osumi-like from what we've seen so far. I, I, I agreed. From, from from the tension to the uh, very, very abrupt violence. Yeah. I mean, you got to appreciate the old fake fiancé gambit. Yes, and I was <laughs> laughing about that one. Y- Yamada's fake crying as Lupin is hilarious. Oh, oh yes. God. His 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 overwrought <laughs> wailing. <laughs> I love that you hear you also hear like Fujiko sniffling too. <laughs> just, also, just so what, good. What's with the uh, numbers? 
uh, 302, but we get uh, room 302 and died at 320. Oh, we're getting to some, I wonder some if room 237 shit here. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, I mean, there may be something to, uh, you know, Japanese numerology with that. Could be. Or it could be talking my, out of my ass. Who knows? It could be absolutely goddamn nothing. <laughs> One thing is for sure. Jigen really wants out of that coffin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> they just have a conversation just over Jigen in a coffin. <laughs> and he eventually pops out like, let me out. <laughs> Please. Hey, let me out of this coffin already. <laughs> All right. So I have on my notes here written commercial break. I think. So yeah, when the show comes back from break, you know, we have a uh, anonymous, you know, tipster talking to Zenigata. And I love Pops's enthusiasm and that slow zoom on his manic face <laughs> as he's getting excited about about what's going on. It was great. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Also, <laughs> he's got that massive grin and just the bulging eyes. Just like, I've got him. <laughs> I also love Goro Naya's, like, when it does that zoom, you get that last <laughs> and it, like, cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, this is, this is not a good episode for Jigen, is it? No. No. Poor Jigen. He, he gets blown not. up. He, he gets blown up. He injures his legs, gets shoved in a coffin, and then he gets frozen solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> That was a gag I completely forgotten about because I hadn't seen this episode in at least like a <laughs> year or two. So when it panned back and showed him frozen, I nearly <laughs> died. <laughs> I like how when, uh, was it, Fujiko opens up the doors a little bit later, both Jigen and Lupin are both frozen now. Yep. <laughs> also, I, I want to say I've never been envious of a deck of cards before. But Same. considering that Fujiko is keeping these in her cleavage, yep. Just thought I'd mention that. She puts the deeds in deck. No. <laughs> <laughs> gonna gonna throw back to our review of the first when Jay was talking about how he wishes he could be that diary. How I wish I could be that deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <All> right. Yep. <laughs> good throwback. Good give. throwback. <laughs> what I wouldn't give to be those deck of cards. The way I put it in my notes was Fuchiko keeps the cards in a highly secure location. <laughs> well, there is that phrase about, you know, keeping your keeping your cards close to your chest. Exactly. Yeah. Can't get much closer than that. I mean, according to part four, those things stopped a knife. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Which, that's, my, that's my favorite episode of part four as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing a theme here. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like I like how we have you know all this stuff going on with the oil, and then the police car pulls up to it, <laughs> and I I love the way the shot inside the car is animated. <laughs> I went through that frame you know, by frame. 
because like there's like this and then a bit near the end of the episode that like both these shots feature Zenigata and they're both animated better than anything else in the episode. Of course. Yep. And they're both really, really funny because of how well they're animated. Just how, how he's frantically got like, his hands all over the officer driving. It's so and with the way the siren is, you know, is, uh, oh, what's the word, blaring? <laughs> this whole bit, that included is one of, it's such great setup and payoff of Mr. Gold's men. Using the oil slick, they catch Fujiko and Goemon, they cut themselves free. Zenigata shows up, spins around. He's so proud to have finally caught the Lupine game. Lights up a cigarette, <laughs> tosses it. <laughs> and when I watched it, I just audibly went, Zenigata, no! <laughs> you were this close. No! <laughs> it's... It's such genuinely good payoff that, that like, yes. you wouldn't even normally consider. It's just like, oh, oh, it's like they caught him, and then he kind of shows up with the cigarette, and you're like, oh, <laughs> no. I know where this is going. <laughs> you know, I can't help but wonder if audiences, when this first aired, didn't really think too much about it, considering how commonplace smoking was in the mm-hmm. early 70s. That's true. Yeah, you know, I feel like they may not have thought anything about it until he actually discarded the cigarette. <laughs> Which, you know, makes the gag even better. It does. I also love, of course you made it out all right, but it is very concerning that you just see the Lupine gang run away from that. And God is just nowhere to be seen until later. <laughs> uh, he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. He's been through worse. He can jump through a cake. He can take an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I like how uh, when they're inside the, uh, the stolen uh, squad car, I think uh, Lupin says, they won't find us this time. Jigen looks behind him. No, you might want to, re- you might want to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lupin's look during that scene. He just looks cool with his little tilted, his, his little tilted officer hat. Right. Looks badass. So after the game splits up, this is where the uh, manga version of the story begins. Okie dokie. It's... Let me scroll up here a little bit. This is, all right, you know, the rest of this episode is based on chapter 58, which was titled Risky Emptiness in Japanese, but Camera Tricks in English. And to be honest, I like the anime version a little better. Oh. The manga chapter is good, and they do some really great stuff with the English translation, <laughs> such as Jigen looking out the, out the window of the mansion and saying, we're caught like balls in a zipper. <laughs> as opposed to the anime where he says we're trapped like rats trapped like rats okay, so you know so we have this whole thing in the anime version where Lupin is just seemingly ignoring Goemon just to be a dick and acting very unconcerned about his friends mm-hmm. <laughs> the manga version actually elaborates on that a bit oh there's a beautiful woman taking photos outside the mansion and Lupin's hitting on her of course. Ah. And, you know, there's this whole thing where it turns out she's partners with the woman inside the mansion. And she's using her camera to relay information back and forth. Okie dokie. But, you know, they, they kind of cut that whole aspect out, you know, streamlined it. But it does make, 
you know, Lupin seemed like more of a dick than usual for no apparent reason. <laughs> it kind of does, but but I also like how it, you, you got all this stuff with, with Zinnigod and stuff, and it just cuts to Lupin looking, and he just starts picking up dirt and just, like, measuring. He's like, yep, 170 kilometers. Win five knots. Right. <laughs> and just like, what are you doing? And he just starts bouncing on a tree. So clearly he's up to something. <laughs> but he has to be a dick because he's like, you should go help him. He's like, eh, why should I? As he's bouncing on a tree. <laughs> and I absolutely love Goemon just being like, nice knowing you and walking yes. away. Just straight up, nice knowing you and walking off. Like... You know, we had some good times in the two weeks I've been part of this gang, but no more. <laughs> See ya. Actually, probably not that long. I think it's been, what, a week? Basically. I think you're right. <laughs> now, let's see. In the manga, as Lupin's hitting on this uh, photographer, you know, Goemon is, just like Niemi, pleading with him to go help out Jigen and... I don't want to call her Fujiko, because I don't think she's given a name. And at one point, he's, like, pulling on Lupin's necktie. you know trying to pull him away from this photographer and lupon pulls a pair of scissors out of his pocket and then clips his tie off oh my god causing goemon to like fall backwards and then that's when he leaves (laughs) and so so a little bit later when goemon you know goes into the mansion in the anime he has a note stuck onto his back whereas in the manga he's still holding onto lupon's tie which has his plans written on it Oh, I remember oh, that's, that. That's great. Yeah, you know, Jigen's like, what's that? Part of Lupin's tie. Jigen looks at it and says, like, hey, Lupin's getting us out of here. L3's got my back. L3's got my back. <laughs> I love how excited Jigen gets, because at yes. first he's like, I don't care. Right? I don't care. <laughs> and then suddenly he has hope, like, ah, Lupin! <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I really like I really like seeing you know Jigen, you know, take on all of you know Gold's men like this in just hand to hand combat. Oh yes, uh, so me too. Cool. Because like, you know, he do, he does that in the uh, manga as well. You know, he doesn't draw his gun at all because the woman in the room with him says, "Why don't you just shoot him?" And Jigen <laughs> picks up a, uh, I think it might be a candle, a candlestick, and he says, at least in the English version. He's like, uh, I don't do that. You kill a pig, you get stuck in the pen. Oh, wow. Nice. And so he ends up, uh, you know, bashing one of the cops over the head with a candlestick, like in Clue. But, see, when when I first watched as a teenager, I think my favorite shot of the entire episode was, you know, Lupin activating his uh, catapult that he had made and watching Mr. Gold get smacked upside the head with a rock through his binoculars. (laughs) I think the fact that there's no music at all and the sound effects are very faint, that makes it funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Lupin's smile afterwards. Yes. It's it's, it's a combination of all of it. Like, the quiet sound effects. The fact that he launches the rock quickly gets his binoculars to watch where it lands. It connects. He's just like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He had it coming. And we don't see Mr. Gold for the rest of the episode. That's right, man. That that rock might have been fatal. No, because he shows up again later on in the series. But ah, oh, shit, never. Oh, oh. And, all, and, and also, and, and also in part five. Oh, oh you're yeah. right. So he survived. He he was probably unconscious for a while, though. Not the, also, uh, he lived a long time. Also, I feel like we should bring up the uh, scene of 
Jigen with his back up against the door when one of Gold's men swings the axe. <laughs> the here's Johnny moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Complete with manic screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Kobayashi is no Shelly Duvall, but still. <laughs> this is true. I love how Jigen's eyes just like bug out from under his hat too. <laughs> <laughs> abject terror yeah, I think it, thinking about it, we see Jigen's eyes quite a bit in this episode we do oh you're right well you know like there's the explosion there's him screaming at the uh, axe in the door his excitement when he reads uh, the note on Goemon's back <laughs> when he's frozen inside the back of the truck <laughs> I, I Jigen in this episode is just Great. I love the bit when he's talking to Fujiko and she's like, the cards will keep us safe. And he just like quickly jumps up and he's very mad. He's like, no, they're not. They got us into this situation. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm tired of it. Like, please. Even even Lupin's the same way because Lupin keeps saying like, I think these are bad luck cards. Pretty sure these are bad luck cards. These are bad luck cards. (laughs) These are bad luck cards. (laughs) And I like how he keeps saying that as he's trying to get his lighter started and it's just not working. And that's the reason why he's saying it, which is what I took away from it. <laughs> I, never, I never made that connection before. Neither that's did great. I. <laughs> oh my God. So I feel like we should say something about the, fa- about the image of Lupin disguised as Mr. Gold swinging a grappling hook above his head. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's, it is. It's, it really is, though. It's a wonderful image. It's it's also recreating my favorite bit from the pilot film of Lupin in disguise explaining to Zinigata what he's going to do, and Zinigata just getting more and more engrossed so much that he like runs alongside the chief, <laughs> wanting on the edge of his seat, wanting to know what happens next. I love yeah, that. Which is straight from the manga as well. <laughs> You're right. I, I, like how, I like how in every version of the story, Lupin disguises himself as someone different. Because in the manga, he's just a random police officer. Shit. In the uh, pilot film, he disguises himself as uh, Detective Akechi. Yeah. And in this one, he disguises himself as Mr. Yeah. Gold. Yep. I mean, it's such a great moment, though. It Although, is. I feel going back a bit, though, I think uh, the animation has another weird moment when Goemon first enters the room. Because like he he strikes down those two officers while invisible, and then ha! he just suddenly appears. He just like blinks in the frame. It's like Once they forgot again. to animate him actually being there. Once again, we have superpowers in this episode. Yep. <laughs> I forgot that but, he just kind of pops in yeah. the frame, doesn't he? After he gets the yeah. last dude. Right. <laughs> so like so like you know you have that you have those detectives firing the guns with no recoil. But then, yep. at the same time, you have Zenigata inside the uh, squad car panicking, and then you have the how they lovingly rendered him running alongside, you know, the jeep <laughs> or diving into the cake. Yep. <laughs> I think the animation budget for this episode was spent all on pops. You're not wrong. Money well spent. He deserves it. 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 it was worth every yen. <laughs> But yeah, the, 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 there is a lot of like moments that like where they kind of save 
animation. Although the, the one moment where like it, it's clearly a cost cutting thing, but I really just appreciate it is the bit when Zinig, when uh, when Jigen's being chased up the staircase and he grabs the carpet up from under Mister Gold's men and yanks it, and it's just a still shot of Mr. Gold's men tumbling over, but I love how it pans up to Jigen just holding the carpet with the big little smile on his face. Right. It's just, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, wow, that actually worked. <laughs> Everything I know I learned from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually probably true of Monkey Punch himself as well. I was about to say. true. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I adore this episode. It's It's my favorite. It's so I, good. I do too. It's it, it, it's it's just it's just so much fun from start to finish. It's peak Lupin. It it is. It is from the uh, from, from from the opening bit of him calling Mister Gold and like one upping him while laughing at him to the 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 the, the, uh, the carpet kite at the end. The carpet kite. <laughs> I love how the uh, Fujiko looks at the cards and the joke on the cards is like, "Thank you for saving us from that scumbag." Rice <laughs> just flies away. They just yeeted themselves out of their out of her hand there. And then Jean just like good riddance. <laughs> he and Lupin are just like, thank God. <laughs> There's they're so relieved. I love I love how polite the Joker is on the card. He said, you know, he says, I hope you'll excuse us as he floats away. He's like, <laughs> he's a gentleman. A gentleman joker. But no, this is this is easily my favorite episode of part one so far. Same. Yeah, same. I mean, you know, it may not hit, it it may not hit emotionally like episode four or even the next episode we're gonna do. Oh yeah, but it's just fun, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yes. No, hundred percent. Sometimes those are the best episodes. Absolutely. It's got like a nice kind of tight, you know, no, no, like, like, like no extra stuff. Just, just a nice tight A to B plot. Great gags. Mm-hmm. Every member of the gang has something to do. Nobody's wasted. It's got some great tension, good yeah. setup and payoff. It's some really nice bits of, of animation. And, oh yeah. And like a really great performance from the cast too. Absolutely. I think yes. everybody, you know, knocked it out of the part in this. Mm-hmm. Especially Yasuo Yamada. Crying yes. over his uh, fiance's death. Oh my god, that was so good. And the Oscar goes too. <laughs> you probably just thought that this episode was, you know, just a random. This is just a standard loop on caper, uh, right? You know, All right. Nice A to B plot, but what if I told you that this was the thrilling conclusion to the Dickhead Trilogy? (laughs) Wow, what a way to go out on. Do go on. Do you think episodes 6, 7, and 8 are relatively unrelated Lupin capers? Well, then think again. Phantom Weasel, Dickhead Lincoln, and Mr. Gold are obviously brothers with their similar phallic (laughs) noggins. My God. You have enlightened me. Life was hard for the dickheads. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) 
I was just going to say, considering how often they get shafted, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm so sorry, listeners, for what's about to happen. <laughs> Please go on. Their shared hatred Please. of Lupin goes all the way back to Lupin II stealing Dickhead Lincoln's fancy dagger. From that moment forward, a never-ending rivalry was formed between the Lupin lineage and a family of pissed-off dickheads. All right, now I'm going to get in the the weeds with it. Here we go. Was the incident involving the Star of Kilimanjaro just a simple caper Lupin happened to get mixed up in because Fuchiko needed Lupin's help? No, of course it wasn't. It was an elaborate ruse completely orchestrated by the dickhead family. They knew that getting Fuchiko <laughs> They knew that getting Fuchiko involved would eventually lead to Lupin's involvement. Finally, their moment of vengeance had arrived. But alas, an unexpected tragedy occurred. Phantom Weasel, the eldest dickhead, had gone stiff. <laughs> they had a foolproof plan. Wiping Phantom Weasel's memory with an elaborate brainwasher and dryer, bankrolled by Mr. Gold, just in case. (laughs) However, his time came too early. Being an old man and sharing his final... (laughs) Being an old man and sharing his final moments with the drop-dead gorgeous Fujiko Mine, Phantom Weasel thought with his dick instead of his dickhead and revealed the secret of the Star of the Kilimanjaro. Oh, God. We got more. (laughs) Oh no. The dickhead's first plan turned out flaccid. So they had to straighten up and rise to the occasion. (laughs) You're killing me. Desperate times call for desperate measures. So dickhead Lincoln set up the combat trial with Goemon, knowing full well Lupin would attempt to steal the ancient scrolls back. It seemed foolproof. Dickhead Lincoln lures Lupin to the trial, and Goemon would kill Lupin as he attempted to steal it. However, it backfired entirely. Goemon turned on Lincoln when the revelation of his past deeds came to light. It was inevitable, really. Lincoln was the youngest of the dickheads. He jumped the gun on attacking Lupin II, and barely thought his way through his trap for Lupin III. He was quick to insert himself, and even quicker to prematurely shoot his load. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) (laughs) It was two failures in a row. But hope was not lost. As the old saying goes, the night is darkest just before the dong. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gold's birthday party was no ordinary birthday party. It was the final trap. As expected, Lupin arrived and stole his valuable Napoleon cards. Mr. Gold had it all planned out. The flower girl. The hospital assassins, the lookouts, even the police commissioner was in the was in his grasp. The girth of the operation was impressive. <laughs> but like his fa- but like his brothers before him, he was far too cocky. <laughs> they beat the final dickhead, a once rock solid. <laughs> One might say they beat the meat. <laughs> a once, a once rock-solid family lineage had withered away and shrunken. 
Lupin drove away with his gang and Zenigata gave chase, gleefully unaware of the treacherous plot. All Zenigata knew <laughs> is that he was going to bust that nut no matter what. <laughs> and thus, <laughs> listeners, the Dickhead Trilogy, we have come to the conclusion. <laughs> the climax. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Come on, I think I deserve applause. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Holy crap. Cyberns and Cigarettes is not responsible for any brain cells lost while listening to this theory. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, we're really earning that uh, that uh, little E tag on Spotify, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> That that theory is is completely airtight. That was not thought of very quickly, <laughs> and totally not <laughs> written just to string a bunch of puns along. <laughs> oh, 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 of course not. You know we're both, uh, we're both that kind of thing here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Drew, I've written stuff you've, or I've I've read and watched stuff that you've written before. But I gotta say, I don't think anything I've seen from you before beats the night is darkest before the dung. <laughs> that is the thing. Uh, that's I. That's the thing. I am most proud of that out of everything I've ever done in my twenty-five years. <laughs> I, Holy. I'm never gonna top that, and I know it. I'm aware. <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to come up with with a pun revolving around the word prick somewhere, but I just it's not coming to me right now. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I said it, the moment the words came out of my mouth, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think come in the map. Never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> I'm deceased. There I go. Rest in peace. This is how we die, guys. This is how we go out in a blaze oh. of glory. Oh. Going out with a bang. <laughs> oh, just wait. We haven't got to the poon episode yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to be talking about uh, a different genitalia this time. Uh, yes. It's only fair. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jay, do you want to go ahead and, and, and do your social media plugs? Oh, shit. I got those, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Y'all can catch me on Twitter at Lupon, L-O-O-P-A-W-N. Instagram, which is Lupon Sansei, L-U-P-I-N dot uh, S-A-N-S-E-I. And, uh, yeah. Next. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, uh, 
I'm a I'm the author of a webcomic called Weird in a Can. You can find that at weirdinacan.the-comic.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Dr. Furball, D-R-F-U-R-B-A-L-L, and uh, everywhere else as Amazing Chris Godby. Next. And you, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at DrewHunter15. I don't do much. I just tweet sometimes. So, yeah. Oh, well, this has been a wonderful episode of Sideburns and Cigarettes. And just wait when we go straight from the uh, straight from the dickhead to the poon in episode nine. Finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's been too long. <laughs> we're a little deprived. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be all about the uh, all about the genitalia puns on cybered and cigarettes through these next two episodes. So, get ready, folks. <laughs> You're gonna need some protection. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to refrain so hard from making a, like a million different puns right now. It's well, well, it's hard. Before we I let, mean, <laughs> before we let one whip out, um, <laughs> don't be such a pussy. <laughs> I can't help it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> We will see you soon. Toodles. Later.